On this episode of Money with Friends, airlines are withholding billions, that's billions with a B, in refunds and customers are struggling to keep their money from flying away forever. It is Monday, August 17th. Let's talk money with our friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebell, host of the Financial Grown-Up podcast, coming to you from my very grown-up kitchen in New York City. And coming to you from Stowe, Vermont, where we're making episodes of the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Salcihai. This is the Money News Show that includes commentary from recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape. We break those stories down into what matters to you, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. Today's show is brought to you by Tiller Money. Uh, Optimize your financial life in Google Sheets or in Microsoft Excel with fast automatic transaction imports, easy templates, and a free 30-day trial. And good news, now that Microsoft Money is coming back as a piece of Excel, Tiller Money even more valuable than ever to our money nerds that absolutely love uh, Microsoft money. Head to tillerhq.com forward slash MWF to check it out. You'll get a free 30-day trial. Thanks to everybody who used our link, tillerhq.com forward slash MWF. Today, Bobby, we are talking airlines and uh, apparently airlines not playing nicely. I find that hard to believe. It's completely said tongue in cheek. Yeah, because the government hasn't helped them at all. Hmm. <laughs> That's weird. They get a bunch of help and then they go, yeah, thanks. Thanks, but no thanks. Well, and the last time they got help, we know what happened. Yeah, it's it's uh, going to be... They just did a lot of stock buybacks. So. It is crazy. And let's get into the craziness. Let's see which one of our friends is going to help us kick off today's fun discussion about airlines. This is Lacey from the Military Money Show. They supply the good times and the headlines. That is why I listen to Money with Friends. All right, let's get into this Wall Street Journal piece that is by Scott McCartney. Airlines are withholding billions in refunds. That is billions with a B. Passengers with trips canceled months ago struggled to get refunds from some carriers or travel agencies, even with U.S. law on their side. Refunds delayed and denied. Vouchers worth thousands of dollars have already expired or are so rule-bound they're useless. Interminable telephone holds, unanswered emails, and complaints ignored. Consumers continue to battle airlines over canceled tickets. At stake are literally billions of dollars and likely lasting animosity towards airlines over punitive policies. U.S. travel agencies have already handled more than a billion in airline cash refunds, according to Airlines Reporting Corp., which processes tickets. That doesn't count refunds issued directly by airlines, which likely more than doubles that total. Then there's the far more common outcome of a voucher issued instead of a refund, allowing the airline to hang on to consumers' cash. The U.S. Transportation Department warned that any airline operating in the U.S., foreign or domestic, had to refund tickets for flights the airline canceled and couldn't offer an alternative without a, quote, substantial schedule change. But many international carriers have offered only vouchers. Some forced customers into accepting vouchers before the airline officially removed flights from its schedule. Some have delayed paying refunds while waiting for government bailouts or new investment. Worse, some have tried duplicitous methods to pocket expensive tickets, offering nothing in return. Italian carrier Alitalia, for example, told Ellen Schiller that her family of five were considered no-shows for a March 8th Boston to Rome flight and therefore 
ineligible for both refund and voucher. They spent more than $3,000 on the tickets. Miss Schiller says she called El Talia twice before the departure to cancel the trip, but the airline suggested not canceling in hopes the flight would be canceled. The only way they'd be eligible for a refund. She says she made it clear they were canceling because it was obvious Italy was closing down. The March 8th flight took off. On March 9th, Italy imposed a national quarantine. The Schillers appealed to their credit card company for refund to no avail. They appealed to Alitalia, but a customer service representative suggested they should have rebooked to a random date in late March, hoping that flight would get canceled and they could get a refund. The runaround we got was insane, Mrs. Schiller said. Alitalia was intentionally evasive, difficult, and clearly trying to avoid providing a refund or a credit. I believe they were counting on my giving up hope. An Alitalia spokeswoman confirmed two late February calls from the Schillers, but said they didn't officially cancel. Still, the airline said even though it had previously declined to issue vouchers, wait for it, it would now do so thanks to a, quote, updated policy. Just an aside from me, I wonder how much, Bobby, this this updated policy has to do with the fact that they got a call from the Wall Street Journal. But... But, but let's get back to the piece. The Alitalia example shows how airlines have essentially been making up their own rules to hold on to customer cash. Some carriers, including Colombia's uh, Avianca, Chile's Latam, and the UK's Virgin Atlantic, have filed for bankruptcy reorganization in the US. Some, like Israel's El Al, have suspended all operations and are looking for a rescue plan. El Al's website states all flight tickets for canceled flights are currently frozen, and you'll be able to use them in the future. The Department of Transportation has been in direct communication with the largest U.S. and foreign airlines and other airlines that received a large number of refund complaints to ensure compliance with the law, a spokeswoman says. The pressures resulted in passengers receiving refunds after first being denied them. But I have to doubt, Bobby, that airlines have gone out of their way to tell you that you're now eligible for a refund when they said before that you haven't. I'm sure. I, I, it's just, and, and call me cynical, I've dealt with airlines before. I think you have to be very proactive and, and call them over and over and over again to get your money. I agree completely. And I think I am in that position. You're probably in that position too, where we've had trips that were canceled. And it's interesting because in March, I was supposed to go to California to visit family. And we did make the decision to um, postpone the trip. And so what I thought was very nice at the time, the airline said, well, we will reschedule it that's not a problem. We'll waive the fee. And I thought, well, surely I'll go within a year. No problem. Um, it's a, you know, my parents own a home out there. So it's, it was a trip that I assume I'll take within a year. Now it's very possible. We won't get back there within a year. And I don't know if I'm going to get a free, um, another free rescheduling in another year or whether I will get a refund. I don't like the shenanigans here. Most of all though, I don't like this idea. And I know people that were advised to not cancel your flight because if you cancel it proactively, your best case is basically what I got, which is you. They'll maybe they'll waive the, the rescheduling fee, which by the way can often be a hundred dollars per ticket or more. So that's not nothing. That is a concession that they were giving that I thought was fine initially when we didn't think this would go so long. But they said if your flight gets canceled, you can get a re, free refund. So they're encouraging people to kind of sit on the tickets, which I think is a bit of a shenanigan because then you're just sort of playing this game when they should just figure out a mutually beneficial solution, whether it's refunds or something where you can rebook the ticket in a much more liberal way. I mean, one of the problems is that a year may sound like a lot of time, but the truth is it was, if you read the fine print, at least on my ticket, it's a year from the time you first booked the trip, not a year from 
the time that you were supposed to take the trip. So if you book the trip six months in advance, you really only have six months after the trip was supposed to take place to get that trip done. So it's really important to read the fine print and understand what you're in for. I also think the airlines should find some middle ground because a lot of people are empathetic to the industry in that they are suffering. They are really suffering. And we don't want the airlines to literally go out of business. We want them to be fair. And so there has to be some kind of a middle ground. And there's also, as I alluded to earlier in the show, a bit of a a longer memory than in many cases in that the last time the airlines were given a bailout, there's been criticism about how that money was spent in the The, recession, the the last recession, previous recession. There were a lot of stock buybacks and such. Yeah. And that just... I mean, using using that money to do stock buybacks, it, it's interesting. When you look at airline executives, somebody pointed this out uh, to me a few weeks ago, that, you know, there was all this pressure to not let airlines go under because we need airlines in this particular, I, and I wish I could credit this person because I thought this was brilliant, but I don't remember who it is, so I apologize. But they said, Bobby, we don't need the airlines, we need the airplanes, And when a company does shenanigans with our money, they should go out of business and some other company will come along and buy their planes and they will run it more efficiently, right? That's the way the system works. We really don't need to bail out out airlines. I thought that was a fantastic point. But I want to go back, though, to to, to all this fine print you talk about. You know what frustrates me about the fine print that you talked about? When you call up the airline and you're rescheduling things and you're talking to them, they never point out these facts that you're talking about. So as you're rescheduling and you're making changes and they know what's going on, like they seriously know what's going on. And, and I don't know, I really look at the person on the phone as kind of like my lifeline between me and the airline and work me through your system. Tell me how we can work together. You know, like you said, we should be empathetic to them, but I think they need to be empathetic to us as well to get our business. And, it's so frustrating that I have to I have to look for the gotcha and I feel like the airlines are really trying to pull a gotcha on me. Yeah, I mean as you said they don't go through all the fine print. It's up to you as the consumer to ask. Well specifically when they say, "Oh, this is good for a year." A year from when? And is it that within a year you have to rebook it or is it within a year that you have to take the trip? So you have to be extremely clear and also know their rules. I mean, what I, I just, I can't tell you how angry I am about this idea that people should play play along with these stupid games where don't cancel your ticket, don't reschedule, right. just wait and hope the flight gets canceled. Because if it gets canceled, you get a refund. But if it doesn't get canceled, then you can rebook it. Uh, I mean, come on. Come on. Yeah. If it's not safe to fly for your health, they should give you a refund. And that goodwill is going to make you a customer for that airline going forward. And that should be worth more than the price of this ticket, which is ridiculous. I want to agree with uh, Rebecca, who's hanging out with us here online. By the way, you can follow us in lots of places, notably our Twitter uh, feed. We're now up and running there, as well as our uh, YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com forward slash money with friends. But Rebecca says, squeaky wheel gets the grease. Use every avenue available. Call email, snail mail, social media, et cetera. Uh, bad publicity now seems only way they behave. I have to say, this this is what's frustrated me before, and I'll call it the airline, with American Airlines. I've had flight 
fights before, Bobby, where I wasn't getting anything done. And, and this really angers me. The fact that I have over 11,000 followers on Twitter and I had to go to Twitter and I hate playing that card. And you know why? It's because most people hanging out with us today don't have 11,000 Twitter followers. So I'm mm-hmm. going to get some special treatment, right? And it is so sad. The second I start complaining about American Airlines on Twitter, guess what happens? All of a sudden it magically yeah. disappears and it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. Yeah. When we were flying to Japan to visit my daughter uh, right at the beginning of this, and we had to cancel, I was flying Delta. Cheryl and I were flying Delta, and my sister and her family were flying American. I made one phone call, and Delta Airlines refunded everything. She said, would you you prefer a voucher to fly later? Are you going back, or would you prefer a refund? I said, well, I'd love to go back, but I don't know how long this is going to go on, so maybe a refund. She goes, yeah, that's what I'd do. I would do a refund, but I can offer you either one. So which would you like to do? I'm like, wow. And it took me one phone call, maybe 15 minutes to get my money back. My brother-in-law with American Airlines had to call back seven times to even get a voucher. You know why? Because much like the people in this piece, the plane was still going to fly there. And if the plane is still flying, it's your health is up to you. You're the one canceling, not us. I'm like, are you kidding me? Really? The, the government right. the government might not even let us into Japan at this point, and American right. Airlines is holding the line. Just just horrible. It is. And look, I think it'll come back to bite them. A- absolutely. It well, already is. It already is. So. Yeah. We're talking about it today, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the same. Absolutely. And our audience here on uh, Facebook and YouTube is is agreeing with us. So thanks, guys, for being part of our show. Yeah, Tim's talking about United Airlines uh, breaking guitars. Uh, that was that was horrible. <laughs> I don't remember if you you know that one. That was ugly. Um, I don't. Yeah, and Rebecca talking about customer no service can be can be remembered. It mm-hmm. is ugly, but yeah. but I think we I think sadly there's only a couple. I I can't wait to hear what your takeaway is going to be, Bobby, because. <laughs> Because for me, there's only one, and I might end up saying me too at the end of years. But uh, before we get to that, let's say a big thanks to everybody uh, who's used our link when they've gone and checked out Tiller Money. I use Tiller Money to manage my money, and the reason I like it is because it's based on a spreadsheet. What I love about the spreadsheet isn't what most people like. Spreadsheet nerds, you know, love making things, uh, slicing and dicing it every way possible. I like just making it easy. And the cool thing is, is that I can make the the Tiller app work however I want because it's a spreadsheet. So to check it out and optimize your financial life in Google Sheets with fast automatic transaction imports, easy to use templates and a free 30-day trial, head to tillerhq.com forward slash MWF. And by the way, I also like the fact, Bobby, that, that it's a subscription service. And some people go, oh, it's not free. Well, when it's free, like mint, you end up being marketed all the time. Like I don't mind mint. I used to use mint all the time. It's fine. But baby, I was marketed nonstop. I mean, I was just constantly marketed. And with Tiller, you know how they're getting paid. And I've never been marketed uh, while I'm using Tiller. So I, I definitely prefer to pay a little subscription. So uh, tillerhq.com forward slash MWF. I can't wait yeah. to hear the takeaway here, Bobby. And by the way, I do agree with you. I, I am a big fan of paying with often extremely affordable amounts of money to um, not be constantly deluged by ads and other things. Because if you aren't paying, then you are the product. That's what someone told me once. You know what I mean? Something like that. Like they're selling you. If you're I, not paying, then you're the your 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 data or your whatever. Uh, I, I love that you line. As an advertising target. So yeah. Everyone has to get paid somehow. So if you're not paying, someone else is. Yeah. Okay. So my takeaway, 
on the airline situation, having experienced it personally. The airlines are getting government bailouts, as they have, by the way, in the past. This is unacceptable to their customers and also very much so to the taxpayers. With all the flights not happening, why now, maybe if this is a legit problem, they can't handle the volume, whatever the excuse is, maybe you can repurpose some of those furloughed workers or workers that aren't working on flights that you're still paying with your government money to amplify your customer service and work on rebuilding a very broken relationship with your customers. Yeah, that was not the takeaway that I expected, but yes. Really? What yes. did you expect, Joe? Well, well, mine was that it, I feel like nobody's your advocate in this deal, you know, and, and had we read even the whole piece, it just continues to get more and more depressing. Nobody's your advocate. So like my brother-in-law, you have to call seven times. I think Rebecca's right here. You have to be the squeaky wheel that is a pain in their butt until they do the right thing. And by the way, when I've seen people do that, they have done the right thing. We, sh we shouldn't have to go through that. But it seems to be, sadly, the only thing that works. Don't give up. Airlines are hoping you're going to give up. So don't give up. Keep, keep, keep going. And, uh, and man, man, get your, get your money back. Yeah, I could not agree more. Um, but I, I, I think our takeaways kind of complement each other. They really well do. Because I think that we always have to be our own advocates as consumers. But I also don't want to let the airlines off the hook when they are taking taxpayer money. I mean, to me, that's just the killer here. It's one thing if they, and I said, you know, I, I have empathy. Their business was just whacked by this disease. And, you know, it's already a hard business. I get all that. But you're taking taxpayer money. So they need to get their customer service under control, especially when all these people have been kept on the payroll all this time. And I know that's going to end soon, but there are people that are on the payroll that are not on flights that are not busy because their business is down. Why can't they repurpose some of these people to help customers, right? So that you're not sitting on the phone and not getting this bad treatment. That is very, a very simple workforce pivot. I don't Just saying. Okay. But, it, but absolutely. But I people don't get have to it fight for themselves and, yeah. and it shouldn't be that way, but they do. I, I, I totally agree. Bobby, sometimes when we make the show, we have Instagram polls. Didn't have one today, but that doesn't mean there's not going to be some this week. I'm sure we'll have some later in the week. How do people help us make the show? At uh, money friends pod. <laughs> At Money Friends Pod is our handle at both Instagram and Twitter. But also you should just follow us because in addition to being able to be part of the show, we post links to the show. And we also post the results. So right now, if you went as we're taping this, um, you would see the results from other shows that we've done. So you'd be able to see what our community is saying about different issues, which is also kind of fascinating because sometimes we're a little surprised at what our audience says. Sometimes it's like, yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. But I love seeing the results and we're making a, more of an effort to post all the results for everyone to see what different people said. So you'll get a shout out maybe potentially on the show, but also on the feed. Your your answer may be highlighted on our Instagram feed if you uh, participate in our polls at Money Friends Pod. I love seeing some of the diverse opinions and, uh, but more like you said, the th thought process behind those opinions. And I, I find myself going, oh, I never thought of that. That's, 
That yeah. is that is really super cool. By the way, speaking of super cool, our thought leaders coming up this week, you've got uh, from the Plutus Foundation, Harlan Landis, I believe, uh, on yes. the show. And I have from uh, Titus and Tate from a sports podcast. Yeah. We're going back into sports. And as you know, this last couple of weeks, Bobby, a lot of changes with sports around COVID and money in COVID. And so uh, while we don't talk sports all the time, it's going to be a fun week. I also want to let everyone know um, that it's the 300th episode of the Financial Grown Up podcast coming out on uh, hey tomorrow, Tuesday. I know, 300 episodes. And it feels like I yesterday. Can, I know. Can you believe that? 300. Congratulations. Yeah, 300 episodes. Crazy. They say, by the way, that uh, for new podcasters, people thinking about podcasting, that uh, getting to seven episodes, like if you make it past seven, you will probably really? you will probably last if you make it past seven. But then, as you know, making it to 100 is a huge milestone, like getting to 100 yeah. episodes. But man, if you can make it to 300 episodes, Bobby. Well, I'm just... waiting for someone to tell me I have permission to stop. <laughs> it just keeps happening. <laughs> I don't know. Why do I keep making I shows? Know. Our friend Farnoosh is like at a thousand something. I mean, stacking Benjamins must be at multiple thousands at this point. Who knows? Yeah, if, oh uh, my goodness. Officially, we're at a thousand <laughs> episodes, but they, uh, um, but we had a bunch of episodes. And of course, we had two brands before that. So we're probably around 1,200. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, good times. But we'll have six more episodes of this show, Bobby, this, this coming week. Yes. So, yes. And in the fall, we may have a special Sunday something happening. Maybe. I know. I know. That, Maybe. that may be fun. All right. She's Bobby. I'm Joe. We'll see you back here tomorrow at Money with Friends. Bye-bye. This show's created and hosted by us, Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and it's edited and produced by Ashley Wall. Money with Friends is a product of Money with Friends, LLC, copyright 2020. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast and links to the stories discussed, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at moneyfriendspod on both Instagram and Twitter. Look out for our polls and quizzes. You could get a shout out on the show. We're well worth following. We promise. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other videos or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor. These people on this episode, they're here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Bobby. I'm Joe. We'll see you here back next time with another episode of Money with Friends. Bam, nailed it.